0: We roll on with the 2000s and Paul Pierce's most ridiculous moment as a member of the Boston Celtics. It's the Tuesday locked on Celtics. Millie, let's go! Rainer Jay's back with the fences back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth, like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars John Corrales here of masslab.com, welcoming you back to another Locked On Celtics podcast. I want to say thank you once again for making this show part of your daily routine. Still here for you Monday through Friday, still pumping out the podcast, still walking down the road of Boston Celtics history. We're in the 2000s and slowly we're going to get to that championship in 2008, but we've got a lot to get to between now and then. I'm also going to start the show today with just a little bit on the newsy side before we finish off uh, the 2005 season. It's all brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On for ten dollars off your first purchase. Also, for the rest of the week, you're going to get five dollars off each box you buy. So go ahead and stock up on these boxes. Five dollars off each box automatically, and then with the promo code Locked On, you're going to get the best tasting protein bar on the market $10 off your first purchase at BuiltBar.com so go ahead and do that. Starting off today there are a couple of news items out there regarding the restarting of the basketball season a couple of things the League has cancelled its season and people are looking at League as a way to maybe gauge what's going to happen in the NBA two different elements, two different entities so while it may provide some sort of I guess bellwether, maybe a little bit of a hint. It's almost like using the farmer's almanac for predicting the weather. I mean, may have some semblance of accuracy, but it's different and they're not going to, they're not going to have the same kind of elements that the United States are going to have. It's not going to be the same type of thing. You're not going to have that same type of quote unquote bubble that Disney world is going to have. You have multiple countries, multiple leagues, multiple cultures, Uh, just a lot of different things. It's just different for Euroleague to try to do this, but it still shows that a professional sports league couldn't quite return from their COVID hiatus. So it, it, it's not a positive thing for the NBA. It's not necessarily maybe as negative a thing for the NBA as well, but it's, it's an indicator. It's something to kind of watch. It's uh, information to throw on the pile. Uh, the big thing that they brought up and it's going to be a big thing that uh, a point that I'm going to make here as we get to the next news item, which is uh, according to ESPN, Brian Windhorse that this week, basically the NBA is going to get together to try to hammer out a format for a return from the lockdown from the shutdown. And the point from the EuroLeague is that they felt like a shortened training camp, which they, they were kind of trying to do a, a condensed training camp, they kind of felt like that was going to lead to a lot more injuries. And my point here with this hashing out of whatever the NBA is going to be when it returns is, you have to make sure that players are given the right amount of time to ramp up. Players need time probably three weeks, four weeks, something in that range to come back, get back into some kind of shape, to get back into basketball shape, to start playing some exhibition games, to maybe even playing some regular season games before they get into playoff games. So many people are sitting there saying, it just makes the most sense to come back, do whatever you can, and then get right to the playoffs. And I cannot disagree more with the jump right to the playoffs plan. Unless the, the league is giving them five weeks of a training camp. And five exhibition games. If you want to say that these five exhibition games. Are going to take the place of regular season games. However we do that, that. That I can get on board with. That I can get on board with. But these guys can't just come in and play 42 minutes a game. You're just going to crush these guys. They're going to get hurt and it's going to be worse than you're going to subject them to worse things than COVID-19 for them. Like these guys are going to get seriously hurt and have weeks, months worth of recovery time. It could jeopardize their futures, their careers, their their next contracts. It could jeopardize a lot. So any plan that they come up with Whatever it is, if they want to do the Olympic style kind of groups and pl- teams have to win their group to get out and then get into a playoff type system, or if they do a 1 through 16 seating, whatever the hell they decide to do, players need a couple of things. They need time in training camp to ramp up and they need actual games of some sort. To slowly get back into playing shape. It's on the players as well. To stay in some kind of shape. And prepare themselves. Maybe doing some sort of extra yoga. Extra mobility. Extra flexibility stuff. To prepare their bodies a little bit. But no matter what they do. nothing's going to prepare them for playing basketball. Quite like playing basketball. And they have to slowly ramp up to playing basketball. And scrimmages in practice aren't going to do it. But even that, the scrimmages in practice are going to lead to soreness that these guys haven't felt in a while. Even guys like Jalen Brown who are out there working out and probably they'll say they're in the best shape of their lives. And maybe they are. Maybe they're able to run and, and their cardio is fine. But they know and we know that their basketball muscles are not fine. And they're not going to be fine until they play a few games not only just play a few games, but, like, you can't just do every other day exhibition games. They're going to have to, like, play, have a couple of days off. You're going to need, like, rest, recovery, treatment, then a practice or a walkthrough, and then another game, and then a couple of days off. You can't jam it all in. And and they have time to do all of this. They do. They have time to get this all done Because the start of next season, I I know that they don't want to push it way, way off. But as I've said multiple times in this podcast, if you start the season in late December, early January, and push next season off, you have two things that happen. One, you have the opportunity to experiment with a start time that's later in the season. So you might as well take advantage of this opportunity from a league perspective. Let's see what kind of impact starting a game, starting the season on December 25th, let's say, and and moving the rest of the calendar up. Let's see how that impacts things. And then, yeah, it might take a few years to kind of get back onto a regular schedule, but they can adjust as needed. But the other big thing is a potential vaccine that could come out in December, January, the The longer you wait now and push that start of the season till then, if you can... Have that season kind of start and coincide with the distribution of a vaccine, then you're looking at playing games in arenas full of people, losing less money without sacrificing safety. I think you can all tell that my overarching thing here in the restarting and future NBA is player safety. That's number one to me. Player safety. Because without player safety, the whole thing falls apart, and rushing the league back is going to just hurt you. So you can't have that. Um, you you can't have players getting hurt because then what are people going to watch? You got to make sure you're putting on the product that people want to watch. And people keep talking about like, what if Giannis gets COVID in the finals? Well, what if Giannis doesn't make it to the finals because he? Pulled a hamstring so severely that he's going to miss four weeks, six weeks. Like you you got to make sure that these guys are given the proper amount of time. Whatever the format is, I don't even care necessarily. I, mean, I don't think the Celtics would want a 1-16 through 16 seed because that makes their road to the finals just a lot more difficult based on where they would fall. Uh, but you deal with it. It is what it is. You deal with it. Everybody's going to have similar advantages, disadvantages. But whatever it is, these guys need the time to ramp up, get their cardio up, get their their bodies right, go through a few games and make sure their bodies, their fast twitch muscles, the stuff that they use in not just their primary muscles, but their supportive muscles are getting the type of basketball workout that they need to, to strengthen back up and If that doesn't happen, then we're going to see too many injuries, and then this is going to be a disaster. We don't want that. We obviously don't want guys catching COVID-19. That's obvious. We want to make sure that no one gets sick in this bubble. That is obvious. But beyond that, we want to make sure that they're healthy enough to perform and not get hurt. You know, Give them the best chance to stay healthy throughout the course of whatever it is that they come up with. So that's the plan that I think should happen for the NBA. That's the focus, I think, anyway. We'll see as the week progresses what they come up with. It'll be interesting to see what they what they decide. I have decided to buy myself a brand new box of built bars. In fact, two, because this week you're getting five bucks off each box you buy, and with the promo code locked on. You're getting 10 bucks off your entire order. Now you missed the Monday offer with the free Built Boost uh, energy drink, but still a great deal here for the best tasting energy bar, protein bar on the market. Built Bar is delicious, covered in chocolate, tastes like a candy bar. But unlike a candy bar, you're gonna get 15, 18, 20 grams in protein, depending on which ones you get. You're not gonna get. Extra calories They're all under 200 calories. You're not going to get extra carbs, extra sugars. You're going to get a protein bar that you will like to eat and that will give you all the nutrients that you need, whether it's as a meal replacement, whether it's as a meal supplement, whether it's as something that you put in your body immediately after a workout to get the protein into your body so after you've lifted, the muscles are getting the protein that they need as soon as they can get them. So, however, you decide to use a built bar, you can get them for five bucks off each box all week through the end of the week through May 31st. Um, And then the promo code locked on gets you 10 bucks off the entire order. So, now's the time to stock up. Go ahead, pick out your favorite flavor, get the assorted box. They're all delicious. And check out the labels, compare them. If you don't want to believe me, compare them to whatever other protein bar you want to try. I bet you that you're going to find out Built Bar is the best and the best tasting. So go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order.
1: You are Locked On Celtics. Your daily Boston Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: We are rolling on with our discussion of the 2000 Celtics. Again, if you haven't been following this podcast, go back to the beginning. Because we started at the beginning of the Boston Celtics. We have gotten all the way up now to 2004-2005. But we started in the 1950s with the hiring of Red R back. And so, if you've missed all of those, go back and check those out. But now, Mike Dinan and Chuck McKenney of RedsArmy.com and I... Continue our conversation into really the most ridiculous moment of Paul Pierce's career. I mean, speaking of another guy like Delonte West, I mean, I hope, another guy that that needs uh, help, and and clearly uh, things things have not worked out for him, and he he's dealing with with his issues. Um, so, just want to throw out there that I love Delonte West. I loved Delonte West. How could you not? That dude. He was just a character. He was always fun. He was you know, one of those hard nosed guys that always played hard. I mean, he he was an important player. Like I, I, it's it's especially sad knowing what he was and what he meant to this team. It's always sad when something like that happens, but it's magnified when you know the guy. Um, you've seen him personally. You've seen him do very well in uh, something that should have set him up for life. Uh, unfortunately he's not able to, was never able to kind of, uh, handle that. But the, he, he was an important player. Like I, I don't know what you guys, your guys thoughts on Delante, but I, I loved Delante. Me too. It was tough. He tough was a player. tough guy. I remember Tommy Heinsohn, Tommy Heinsohn had like, Tommy Heinsohn loved Delante West. He was the, um, yeah, they just, uh, I just saw a rebroadcast of the, what was it, game seven against, uh, uh Caval- Celtics Cavaliers in, uh, the 08 season. And Delonte was on that Cleveland team and he was hitting big shots for the Cavs in that fourth quarter in that game when Pearson and, um, and uh, LeBron were going toe-to-toe. So, yeah, I've always liked him. I thought he he was just – he had the makeup to be a really good role player for a long time. He just was tough, would play defense, um, had a good enough shot. He just – you know, it just uh, didn't go his – it just didn't go his way. It was was kind of sad to see where he's fallen. But, yeah, I I loved him. Now, before the the 4 the 5 season – this is like one of those things that maybe some people forget, but the Celtics got Gary Payton. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Put me in that category. <laughs> like that's that's one of those things you're like, "Oh, right. They got Gary I mean- Payton." Yeah, I mean, we were all enamored with Tom Gugliata, so it's natural that we would forget <laughs> <laughs> When you look at this roster, you're like, holy shit, I, I forgot half of these guys. <laughs> oh That's why you go
1: and look at the Ainge transaction page on basketballref.com. Oh, it's man. So, it so takes many you down things. this memory lane. It's
0: so, there's so many With things.
1: names that you can't believe were involved.
0: So they traded Chucky Atkins, Jermaine Jones, and Chris Mim. Remember Chris Mim?
1: Oh, yeah. To of the course.
0: Lakers. Celtics and Lakers making a trade. Uh, they So the Celtics send that to the Lakers for Rick Fox, Gary Payton, in the 2006 first-round pick. Now, that first-round pick ends up being traded, uh, I think, a couple of different other times because it becomes – the Rajan Rondo pick, that 2006 first round pick. Um, I want to say, uh, I, there's too many things I'm, I'm trying to follow on that page, that basketball reference page. There's just too many <laughs> things to follow. So the Celtics make that trade. They get Rick Fox, who retires, and they get Gary Payton. Um, uh, they sign Dana Barros as a free agent. They sign Tom Gugliata as a free agent. Um, that's all before the season started. Uh, they In the season, they trade away Walter McCarty. They end up trading away Gary Payton. Googs. and, and I'm sure at the moment, I don't recall at, at the moment, but I'm positive that we're like, is this happening again? We just signed Googliata. We just signed Gary Payton. And we're trading them both again. And... I don't remember what the feeling was there, but I do remember that the Celtics got Antoine Walker back this season, which was kind of wild. Uh, so this, this season is monumental in they get, they, they sign Doc Rivers. They have this draft. Gary Payton comes through for like a hot second. And then they trade for Antoine Walker. They get Antoine Walker back.
1: But the thing then about Payton was,
0: he came back. Yes. Yes. He, yes. Mike, I thought there was a mistake in the refer- basketball reference page. No, so,
1: no my- they they traded him away to um, to Atlanta to get Antoine for the second time around. And uh, then Atlanta cut Peyton because they didn't want him, I guess. They would probably doing salary adjustments. And anyway, he was a free agent, and the Celtics signed him back. And then didn't they – uh, change the rule after that, John. Where yeah, now this, that's not possible.
0: Yeah, there, that was that happened a lot actually back then. That you would include a guy to make the numbers work. There were there were two things that happened a lot back then. One, this this was a, a function of you could s- send a guy and say, "Hey, we're going to trade you here. They're going to cut you. We're going to sign you back," and you could do that. Um, the other thing was like they, the, the Nets did this, or somebody did this with Keith Van Horn. A guy would retire, but not officially retire. And what ended up happening is you, you call him up, be like, Hey, we're going to give you $5 million to trade you to another team. And the guy would just like, Okay, and just hang up, never leave his couch. He'd get $5 million to make salary work. And, he would just stay not retired. The other team would cut him and that's it. So you, that, that, that's what changed a couple of the rules. So you can't, if a team cuts a player, you can't, you can't sign a guy for one year now after you trade him unless he goes through another team. So like I made the mistake earlier this season, like thinking they, they could, because they traded away Aaron Baines yeah. That they could they could reacquire you can't reacquire a guy within a year. Um and obviously you can't a guy has to be active for I forget how many how long, but there's a requirement now where the guy has to have played in order to be part of a, a trade. Those were some wild times, man. I remember I remember so many guys just like you know, what, what's he doing? Keith Van Horn is the one that changed the rule. So that kept coming up, but I just remember guys like out of nowhere, they, they just sign and trade a guy who had been just out of the league for three years. I mean, the, the names on the roster for the Celtics this season, it's just, it's just unbelievable. I mean, Pierce Walker, Peyton, Ricky Davis is still there uh Gugliotta, Al (laughs) Jefferson, Mark Blount, like LaFrance, like all these, like, what the hell was Ainge doing? (laughs) Seriously. I mean, you saw the – obviously, Pierce and you saw Jefferson and there were pieces there. Young players with promise, but man – from Walker Peyton, Davis LaFrance, like that whole sort of shuffling those guys in and out what a what, what a wild just wild series of moves what
1: the- Somehow they managed to be a first place team though they won their division
0: That is They
1: they were 45 and 37
0: Of course good they
1: job did. <laughs> good job by doc Good job
0: by doc Good job by doc Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Unfortunately for the Celtics, that 45 and 37, first in the division, third in the conference, they get into a first-round matchup with the Pacers again. Uh, and they lose. And this, now we're finally, we're finally at that series where Paul Pierce. Feels like he got fouled. Um, there's no call. He whips off his jersey. I remember him, I think, waving it around his head. And then he shows up at the press conference afterwards with this like pre tape that, like, if anybody's ever played basketball, like, you had they have like this kind of foam, kind of gauzy type of pre tape stuff that you would put underneath, you'd wrap your ankle in this stuff first so you can tape your ankle without irritating the skin. And he shows up to the press conference with that kind of wrapped around his head, uh, trying to demonstrate to the media that he feels like he should have gotten uh, a call that he was fouled and that was like, oh, I'm showing up being like all wrapped up, like that. It's it's might be it might be the most ridiculous moment of Paul Pierce's career.
1: Yeah, he got criticized for that too heavily. He didn't get away with it. It, it was childish, and uh, he got called out for it.
0: Well, yep. Yeah. I mean, that's... definitely embarrassing. I remember that. it was horrified, and like we were talking about. It was just another sort of moment where his um, his behavior was was quite questionable, and you were wondering, you know, what his place is going to be with this team.
1: Um, you got you to mention also the circumstances around that. They um, they were on the road. It was Game Six, and the Pacers had a three to two lead in the series. And Pierce, this was near the end of the game, and Pierce was. Um, thrown out at that point when they absolutely needed him. And that was he did take off his jersey and he twirled it around over his head as he walked off the court and kind of defiant, obviously. And But, you know, you don't get thrown out of a playoff game when your season is on the line. Unfortunately, they won and it forced the game seven. But that didn't work out too well either.
0: This is this is an important moment because this is this is the height of Paul Pierce um, his th- this is where Paul Pierce is just about traded like this is Pierce's career in Boston is is teetering and this moment is is like the flashpoint and he is either going to force his way out or Danny Ainge is going to get sick of his shit or they've got to figure something out. And that summer after the Celtics are eliminated, because that was game six, they still have to play another game and they lost in game seven. That summer, the Celtics, uh, nearly traded Paul Pierce in the 2005 draft. The, the Celtics had uh, a deal that they were working on for Chris Paul. And Chris Paul went to New Orleans. He was the fourth overall pick in that draft. Uh, Bogut, Marvin Williams, Darren Williams, Chris Paul was the order. And the Celtics had a deal that would have sent Chris Paul, that would have gotten them Chris Paul for Paul Pierce. I don't know what the exact um, deal would have been, but the Hornets just they ended up not wanting to make that trade. But Jackie McMullen said she was on the low post, uh, at one point recently and said, if the Celtics could have done it, they would have. Uh, and she says, this is how close it was. I worked at the Boston globe. Then there were two ads to run in the morning edition of the Boston globe. One was follow the Celtics with Paul Pierce going forward. And another was a new era beginning with a picture of Chris Paul. That's how close that that deal was. And, and even the globe didn't know which, which ad like to run until that was, you know, they had to see if that was going to be consummated before they, uh, figured out which, which ad to run. That's wild. I didn't realize that it had come to that to, to be that, that close. Um, that's just, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, it's it's, it's wild. I mean, you, you think of the ebb and flow or the roller coaster, um, because there were other moments in the, even in the following year, right? We're still only in, what year were we in? 2005? This is the 2004, 2005 season. This is the, yeah, so the post there were, 2005. There were, right. And there were, there were moments over the next two years, um, where I don't know if he, he was close, that close to being traded, but I think it, what changed was, was he going to ask to be traded? Did he want out? I'm not sure if he wanted out at this point, but that's, you know, that's, that became the new narrative Um as the roster continued to turn over and younger players, you know, trying to develop younger players. It became, you know, what, what, what's he, he's not going to win here. So, you know, he'd want out. So, it was a tumultuous few years for Paul. Not very good for fans. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is, this is the, the point where Pierce and doc have their come, come to Jesus. And this summer of 2005 is where the, this, the Celtics, they would have done this deal, but, Pierce and Doc kind of like work things out. This the, the petulant Paul Pierce is is kind of done. Um, and the Celtics have to decide like are, are they going to they're going to build around Paul Pierce or th- what are they going to do? And once once this was kind of hammered out, the the Celtics kind of decide that they're they're going to start Dealing, they're, they're going to start building around Paul Pierce. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was going to go one way or the other. And that moment with the Pacers series, I think Doc and Pierce came to an understanding. And that's why it was so important that if they don't come to this understanding, the entire future of the Celtics changes. Uh, and because it was, because they're able to kind of figure things out, Ainge is. Angels moves become more geared towards how do we uh, how do we build around Paul Pierce how do we get guys that complement him rather than starting over using Paul Pierce as the bait for a future star And they responded by bringing in Wally LAUGHTER uh, don't forget uh, Michael Oliva, Candy. <laughs> the list goes on. I mean, I don't know if that's going to go into a new podcast as we yes, leave. Yes, it is. Oh 405 But when you just the the wild, just the the names just keep coming. I mean, between Oliva, Candy, and Wally Zerbiak, it's amazing. Pierce stuck it out. That's all I have to say.
1: By the way, if if anyone's interested in seeing that crazy show that Pierce put on. It's on YouTube. You just have to search for his post-game interview after ejected, being ejected for hitting Tinsley. Jamal, Jamal Tinsley, Tinsley, who was not an unlikable guy on Indiana. But that's that um, video of that interview, and it's not pretty. And then on top of that, the game seven that followed was in Boston, and they got blown out. The season came to an end in a really bad way.
0: Yeah, that was that was,
1: that was the end of the 05 playoffs. Uh,
0: yeah, that was that was uh, that was ugly. Uh, but like, I just saw the quote here. Danny Ainge, after that season, says we had to go in one direction or the other. It was either go with Paul or go young and start over. There was discussion. We decided we wanted to win with him here rather than trade him and see someone else win with him so that's that's where we'll leave this part and we'll pick up the rest as we go through 2005 through 2010 which is a, a much better time for the Boston oh, thank God <laughs> <laughs> finally we get to talk about a championship again when we continue uh, discussing this. We've talked about low points for Paul Pierce, but this is another one. And now we know things are going to get better. And as we continue these podcasts moving on tomorrow and the rest of the week, we're slowly getting to the point where it gets better. The conversation gets really in-depth because now we're seeing things. We're talking about things that we've seen firsthand and kind of going through all of these decisions, uh, the things that Danny Ainge did, the things that uh, Doc Rivers did. Before we even get to the Kevin Garnett trade. So that's all coming up. We're continuing through 2010s. We're going to go all the way up to this past, this current season. Assuming this season continues, it's still the current season. So subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and give it a five star rating. If you have a good written review, greatly appreciate it. Really, really helps out. And then you can tell your friends to not only Subscribe and share the podcast, then listen to the podcast. But go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED ON for $10 off your first purchase. Remember, all week long, five bucks off each box that you buy. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market. Ten bucks off your first purchase with the promo code LOCKED ON. Now, tell your smart device to go play the latest episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.